Hey, you've reached Squat.Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. To find out all that I mean by that, check out episode one. Also, I invite you to look at the show notes. There's a lot of help there for you. You can find out how to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Also, a lot of other spiritual helps. This is season 16, episode 344. Title, Distraction of Titanic Proportions. Subtitle, Empowering Encouragement Now, number 48. Love Interruption. Savannah Malam, in her article, Conspiracy Theory Column, is that really the Titanic at the bottom of the ocean, written for the Hilltop Monitor. The link is in the show notes. On April 26, 2019, she wrote this. The Titanic sank April 14th and 15th, 1912, after hitting an iceberg. A startling revelation, as the public had heard since its creation, that it was unsinkable. A total of 1,517 passengers and crew members died in the event, meaning that only 42% of total people on board survived. This great loss caused a huge change in people's attitudes regarding lifeboats and preventative measures for sea travel as the Titanic only had 20 lifeboats on board, just enough to save half of the passengers. But this great loss also left many questions about what happened. One of the most well-known conspiracies surrounding the RMS Titanic is that it never actually sank. Believers testified that the White Star Line, the institution responsible for the Titanic, switched the ship with their other ship, the RMS Olympic. The theory claims the Olympic was damaged on a voyage in 1911, and therefore, White Star Line came to a difficult situation as they allegedly thought that the ship was too damaged to be recovered or to be profited off of. Therefore, the conspiracy is that the company switched the two ships, passing off the Olympic as the Titanic, resulting in a deliberate sinking of the remarkably similar damaged Olympic ship for an insurance payout to avoid threats to the company's financial standing the damage of the Olympic caused. My friend, the death of 1,517 people of the tragic accident is a sad historical event. But you have to ask yourself, why does this one single historical event hold such charm and sway in at least the American psyche 121 years later? The most recent event of the deaths of the people in the senseless tragedy of an ill-conceived micro-subdesign piloted by an unqualified, untrained submarine pilot using his gaming system controller is just the latest distraction of titanic proportions to garner the airwaves and repetitive news exposés on the cursed maiden voyage of the Doom mini-sub Titan to get a glance at the rotting shell of the Doom ship that was also in its maiden voyage heralded as unsinkable. My friend, when we stop and reflect on the countless events and newsworthy concerns we should be focused on in a world that is in free fall and chaos, the continued attention given to RMS Titanic rises to the level of absurd theater and is indicative of just how far off course we are as people and a nation. Charles Spurgeon, in his book of Daily Evening Devotions, in the September 5 entry, gives us some insight into this endless fascination, into this seemingly endless obsession. The why for the distraction and the recalibration we should all consider to get back on course to the things that should garner our attention. Spurgeon, as is his custom, starts off his evening devotion with just a snippet of a Bible verse. 
He quotes Job 38, verse 16. Have you entered into the springs of the sea? He writes, some things in nature must remain a mystery to the most intelligent and enterprising investigators. Human knowledge has bounds beyond which it cannot pass. Universal knowledge is for God alone. If this is so in the things which are seen and temporal, I may rest assured that it is even more so in matters spiritual and eternal. Why, then, have I been torturing my brain with speculations as to destiny and will, fixed fate, and human responsibility? These deep and dark truths I am no more able to comprehend than to find out the depths which lie in the stratum beneath from which the old ocean draws her watery supplies. Why am I so curious to know the reason for my Lord's providences, the motive of His actions, the design of His divine appearances? Shall I ever be able to clasp the sun in my fist and hold the universe in my palm? Yet these are as a drop of water in a bucket compared with the Lord my God. Let me not strive to understand the infinite, but spend my strength in love. What I cannot gain by intellect, I can possess by affection, and let that be sufficient for me. My friend, this is paramount. This is where our attention needs to be focused on today. Let me not strive to understand the infinite, but spend my strength in love. What I cannot gain by intellect, I can possess by affection, and let that be sufficient for me. I cannot penetrate the heart of the sea, but I can enjoy the healthful breezes which sweep over it, and I can sail over its blue waves with favorable winds. If I could enter the springs of the sea, the feat would serve no useful purpose either to myself or to others. It would not save the sinking cry for help, or give back the drowned mariner to his weeping wife and children. Neither would my solving deep mysteries be of any use or help to me, for the least love to God and the simplest act of obedience to Him are better than the profoundest knowledge. There it is, my friend, the reason for our interests in life distractions of titanic proportions, a selfish rebellion in fallen man to withhold from God the least of love that is due Him and an avoidance of even the simplest act of obedience to Him. My friend, this is a painful truth for some of us to bear. This is a painful truth for some of us to bear. But there it is, my friend, the reason for our interests in life distractions of titanic proportions, a selfish rebellion in fallen man to withhold from God the least of love that is due him, and an avoidance of even the simplest act of obedience to him. How does this lack of love and disobedience manifest itself in us daily? Here's three examples among thousands of biblical mandates and admonitions. James 1.27 says, Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself untainted from the world. I ask you the question, when is the last time you did something to help an abandoned child or an elderly woman in true need? How are you doing personally in the practices of the spiritual disciplines which equip us to keep ourselves untainted from the world? You can search the web for a list of the disciplines. The classic book by Richard Foster, Celebration of Discipline, lists 12 disciplines grouped into three categories. The first category is the inward disciplines, which are meditation, prayer, fasting, and study. Let's stop right there. How are you doing in spending time alone with God? I had a recent podcast on meditation and healthy meditation, which is meditation focusing on the divine creator. 
How are you doing in the area of prayer? Are you praying daily? Are you praying more than once a time daily? Are you spending life in an attitude of true prayer? How about fasting? How about study? The second category is the outward disciplines, which are inward realities resulting in our lifestyles that consist of simplicity, solitude, submission, and service. How are you doing in the area of simplicity? Is your life becoming more simple or more complex? Are you spending time alone with God in solitude? Are you living your life in submission to God? Are you living your life in service to God? The third category is the corporate disciplines of confession, worship, guidance, and celebration. I'll have a link to Foster's book in the show notes. Friend, these are the days to focus all the attention we can muster on the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and to be his hands and feet of loving service to the world he loves and for whom he sacrificed his life. It's time to clean out the cobwebs of life distractions and to focus on things that really matter. Spurgeon closed out this brief but powerful devotion with this prayer. Lord, I leave the infinite to you, and I ask you to put far from me such a love for the tree of knowledge as might keep me from the tree of life. Wow, my friend, may this be our prayer today. Lord, I leave the infinite to you, and I ask you to put far from me such a love for the tree of knowledge as might keep me from the tree of life. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.